Woofs and meows, welcome to Behind the Tales, a Valley Animal Center podcast where we discuss all things animal related to inform, educate, and impact our community, and you are wonderful listeners. I am your host, New, and I hope you have an engaging time listening in on this podcast conversation. Hello everyone, today's podcast is all about fostering. We have Valley Animal Center's Animal Care Operations Supervisor Maritza Lopez here with us today. Hello Maritza. Hello. And joining us we also have one of our amazing foster parents, Kimmy. Hi Kimmy. Hi everyone. So for those of you who didn't know, it is kitten season here in Fresno, California. So Maritza, can you share with us what kitten season is and just how it impacts animal shelters and rescues in general? So kitten season is generally around the time where it starts to kind of warm up in the valley. Uh, Moms just kind of tend to go into heat and babies just start popping up everywhere. So that can start anywhere from mid-February to late November. But as we all know, the valley kind of has its mind of its own when it comes to weather. So as long as it's warm, kittens will keep um, popping up. Yeah, um, I don't know if our listeners, if you've been noticing cats and kittens roaming around. I live in an apartment complex and um, we have quite a few um, visibly unneutered cats just roaming around. Mm-hmm. And so now with kitten season, I'm kind of like, oh my goodness, Here what's going to happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is also why it's very important to stray, not stray, um, spay and neuter. Yeah. Um, not just your own cats, but you know, if you are in a community where you just see stray cats, you do the trap, neuter, and return. Um, And you can always learn more about that on our website as well. Yeah, we do have a lot of people tend to say the most common thing we get is, it's not my cat. I understand it's not your cat, but, you know, you do a big part in just trapping one cat. Mm -hmm. Fixing one cat, you can Mm -hmm. save thousands of little lives because it's all about these little kittens. The little kittens are going to grow. They're going to grow outside. They're exposed to the elements. They're exposed to to prey. Like, they become prey. What prey Mm -hmm. is a prey? Yeah, pray, pray mm-hmm. to other animals, to other the weather, unfortunately by people as well. So it's kind of if you do if you catch one, um, you uh, you save a lot. You save a lot more than just that one that you fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, have you? I mean, I mean, Maritza, I know you have been. Um, I remember from our first conversation, you started in the animal care because you had a feral colony outside of York, so there was just a lot of kittens um, growing. Um, what has been your experience, Kimmy, about just seeing stray cats or just in general with um, kitten season or cats in general? You know, I have noticed um, living here in Fresno, kitten season is pretty much year-round. I've had fosters as late as November, December, so it's a really serious problem here in the valley and I think that if more folks took the time out to try to help that one cat get it fixed get it neutered there's a lot of programs around here that will help with that if you can just take that time out and help that one you're helping part of the problem yeah, and I don't think people realize because I think cats can get <laughs> cats can get pregnant as or they can start getting <clears throat> pregnant as early as four months, four right? Months, um, yeah. And it's not like you know humans we could probably do like one pregnancy. It's like one no, baby yeah. maybe, uh, but kittens it's just like 
And they can have multiple litters in a year mm-hmm. because their pregnancies are very short. As soon as they give birth, they can still they can um, be nursing and be pregnant already again. Yeah. So it's a never-ending cycle. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to be um, a foster parent at Valley Animal Center? To be a foster parent for us means that you would open your home, just a little corner in your house, to house these little kittens until they're of age, um, which would be eight weeks old and two pounds, so that we can get them fixed and not for adoption. Mm-hmm. And Kimmy, how did you become part of our fostering program here at Valley Animal Center? Well, we always try to be an active part of the community, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> we are members of the dog park. Oh. So we would always attend one of the events here and I'd always wanted to do it and I happened to run into Anjanetta one day and we started talking <laughs> and she says would you be interested in fostering and I said you know that's something that I've always wanted to do and I had the time of okay I filled it out and I think I got my first litter like uh, a week later mm-hmm. and uh they were babies and it was just it was one of the most beautiful things that I had ever done um, because I really didn't have any experience with newborns mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I've always had cats uh, but I had never had little babies little like babies that before so yeah it was really mm-hmm. neat you're fine mm-hmm. so like when you how long have you been fostering with this? Um, almost a year. Almost a year. Right? Almost a year. So. Mm-hmm. It, um, do you recall how many fosters you've done? You know, I've had a lot. Uh, <laughs> I have photos of each and every one that I've had, and mm-hmm. I have a wall. I should oh, have taken the yeah. picture, but I have a picture of every kitten that I've fostered, and it's like, shh, just going just <laughs> right across the wall. So mm-hmm. one litter goes out. Another litter comes mm-hmm. in, and I always call it Two Pound Monday, because yeah. <laughs> when they're two pounds, Time to fix. I take their photos, I give them all little kisses goodbye, mm-hmm. I tell them, I've taught you everything you need to know, <laughs> you know, the litter box and all that other good mm-hmm. stuff, and uh, so when these kittens are ready to find their forever homes, they're ready. Yeah. They know how to cuddle, they know... They're kittens. They're ready. Yeah. And all that's important part of fostering too is not just um, housing them in the corner. It's socializing them. It's teaching them to use the litter box. Teaching them to be kittens and not be afraid of sounds even. Like your blender going off, your vacuum going off. My husband is a drummer. So my kittens get (laughs) exposure to sounds... um, to my mama dog, mm-hmm. to little kids. Yes. Um, they're handled. That's they're socialized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the last thing we'd want is for you know, because we often take in like cats that are like skittish or mm-hmm. like not used to right. humans, and it, it can be hard to adopt them out because mm-hmm. adopters come and they run off. Yes. And right. even though they're sweet, right. once you get to know them, it it's hard to get adopters to the even first impression. See them. Is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 
So let's go back to your very first fostering experience. Okay. You've never had, um, like you said, newborns. So newborn. what was that like? What Did you have any like reservations? Were you... Uh, I think the most difficult part with the very first litter, since they were so small, was finding the routine that worked for me. Mm. Because, they, you know, they had to be fed every two to three hours. Um, and I had three of them. And I had just had foot surgery. So I was in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. I remember. And I had it all set up. And once I got into the groove, it was mm. just second nature. So how did you go about finding your routine or, like, getting into the groove? Well, I had to really get organized. I think that was the first thing. Mm. Um, I had to be able to have everything close because these little kittens aren't just going to sit still for you (laughs) while you feed them. So it's like hitting a moving target sometimes. You make the formula, shake it up, get it all warm, get it ready, wrap up the cat, you got to like swaddle them, get them ready, and then they have to be sitting up because if you try to lay them down like a baby, they can choke, they can aspirate, and that's the last thing you want is a kitten with fluid in its lungs. So it, they just sit just right in your lap, and you just you give them their bottle. Mm-hmm. Super easy. Yeah. Um, there is nothing cuter than wiggling kitten ears <laughs> when, when they're eating. When they're eating, <laughs> they just flutter back and forth like their little wings on top of their head, and mm-hmm. it's one of the sweetest things that mm-hmm. you'll ever encounter. Yeah, and then just to watch them grow. Just mm-hmm. to know that when they came to you, you know, their eyes were encrusted and it, you helped get them past that. And now they've got these big old fat avocado bellies and you get the laser light and I play with them. And I mean, it's, it's very rewarding. Mm-hmm. So when you foster, do you foster from newborn all the way up to the eight weeks? Is that what you typically foster or Once, have you? Um, well, when I first started, I wasn't working because I had had foot surgery. Mm-hmm. So I started off with the newborns. And then once I had to go back to work, my level of care changed from one not having to be fed so often. So I'm... I hear often, oh, well, if I wasn't working, I could foster. I work 40 hours a week. And help is needed for all levels of care. All that I do is in the mornings, I get up, I give them their meds, I clean their litter box, give them food, get ready for work, I'm out the door. I'm just fortunate enough that I live 10 minutes up the road. So I come home for lunch, make sure everyone's all still good, see if they need more food. And most of the time, they don't need more food. You know, and then I come straight home after work, do the same routine, um, play with them a little bit, Mm -hmm. let them run around the bedroom, and that's it. I mean, I would say maybe total one hour a day. I keep them in a bathroom, in a shower, Super easy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because I think although our greatest need is always, you know, bottle babies, there are multiple stages that we can, you know, that fosters do care for. So Marissa, maybe you can walk us through like what are the different categories of foster that you can always sign up to foster with. So we have um, neonates. So those are babies that are just barely born, maybe two, three days old. Um, Those will require the most care. So that would be maybe better for somebody who's home most of the day um, or home all the time. They should not go without eating for maybe two to three hours. Then after that comes, you could probably do the two weeks to four weeks where they're still eating bottle. But then once they hit the four week mark, they can start eating some type of solid slurry type of food. And then you have your probably four weeks to eight weeks old. It all depends. It really does. So fostering can take anywhere from eight weeks to just two weeks. It really depends. Mm -hmm. We just need help getting them to that age and that weight so they can get fixed and we can put them up for adoption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I've learned from you that, you know, when you commit to fostering, it isn't, it doesn't have to be the full eight weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can only do the two weeks, you know, Mm -hmm. that we are more than welcome to do two weeks because we always need fosters for those Mm -hmm. two. And sometimes even just socializing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll get like a hissy kitty who just needs some extra hands-on um to get used to kids or people and most of the time that usually takes about two weeks and then they come right back mm-hmm. and so maybe this will transition into why is fostering so important um the impacts of fostering especially as an animal rescue and shelter like why why are foster parents so important to us to us they're very important because they help us free up a kennel here so we can keep saving more Keep getting more off the streets, you know, providing the care because not many of them are not lucky. You know, you mentioned you mm-hmm. have them all on your wall. Those are the lucky ones. What yeah. about the ones that we couldn't help that yeah, passed on the street or something <clears throat> happened to them out there? So my goal is to just have more fosters so that we have the space here to keep pulling more. And then they don't even have to spend time here. It's scary for them here. We provide all the care they need. We socialize with them as much as we can, but we have other duties throughout the day. So why not have somebody have them in their home who can provide all that stuff for them more one-on-one so that they don't have to be here. Mm -hmm. And I think especially during kitten season where you are seeing like a huge spike in like just kittens being born, um, shelters and rescues fill up fast um, because there's Mm -hmm. just the sheer population of it. And then again, like you said, those who are unfortunate enough to not be able to have any care mm-hmm. um, are unfortunately the unlucky ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always think about this, um, like how do you in, in general as a staff member, let me try to think of like the way to phrase this, because there are, because we know that there are so many unfortunate ones, mm-hmm. um, how do you motivate yourself to do the work that you do? Because I know you are more so on the front line in a sense, um, and shelter staff are more so on the front line. Um, can you speak to that a little? How do I keep going? Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, I just have it in me. It's always been um, my goal just to help as many as I can, and I try not to focus too much on the ones I can't because I try not to stress about what I can't control. Mm-hmm. I can't control what's outside <clears throat> these doors, but I can control... Um, you know, educating people. If one person comes in the door and I can convince them to fix that cat that's been roaming on their backyard, then good, we did something good because that could have been a thousand kittens in a couple of years, you know? So I just, 
had i just keep myself motivated mm -hmm. and focus on the ones that are here and if i can help out side then i will i usually will most of the time i'm on social media if we have the space i'll tell somebody just bring them or that's most of the time where i see most of the like the worst cases and then i'll be like you can just come on down we'll help you out so mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so kimmy i'm also curious because i think a lot of time people are hesitant about fostering because there's this fear of like oh I, I wouldn't be able to let them go like i would get too attached to my fosters and yeah that can happen <laughs> yeah that can happen but uh i have two dogs three cats and my my oldest animal is 12 my youngest is three so my pack is already full mm -hmm. i have a full household mm -hmm. um a, an animal is a 10 to 15 year commitment so i'm not looking to bring in more animals into my home what i am looking to do is to get these little kittens ready for their pack to get them ready for their people and their dogs and their kids um it's hard not to fall in love with them mm -hmm. especially the orange ones that are all furry <laughs> and <clears throat> and they all have a special place in my heart uh they're on my wall they're all over my Facebook page. Um, I have to look at it like this. I need to get you kittens to two pounds. That's our goal, two pounds, because you got people waiting for you. And as soon as you go, someone else is going to come on in, and I'm going to do the same for them. I'm always going to be their mama cat. I'll always be their mama cat. But I'm not here to raise them. And besides, after two pounds... <laughs> they turn into kittens they turn into like toddlers <clears throat> and they're everywhere so I'm ready for them to go at two pounds and bring me some more babies let's mm -hmm. next mm -hmm. so I have that mentality next now I know the day's gonna come when a Maine Coon or a Sphinx or you know that cat is going to come through those mm -hmm. doors. Um, but I'm not looking for anything now. So mm -hmm. I think that makes it really, really easy. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, and I always say that too. I say it's kind of people who are thinking about adopting. It could be an easy transition as far as seeing how they're going to, with the amount of work or, I mean, yeah, work that it takes to kind of raise a kitten. So I always say that it's um, getting the best of both worlds without the commitment. So you kind of, you yes. get to keep them for a little bit yes, and you don't have to commit to the 15 years. You're just going to commit to two weeks, four weeks to kind of help raise them. And then even then, if you fall in love with one of them, you always get first dibs on your kittens too. So you get first pick. Um, I didn't know that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> you get first pick because you put in all the work. You yeah, put in all great. the work. You raise them. That's so yeah. um, we just kind of, and if you don't, if you know. Once you get to the end of your foster term and you're like, okay, yeah, this is not for me, that's totally fine. Yeah, that, I mean, that's good to know because I think, 
I don't know, because, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, like, how can you give up your foster kids? Even at, especially if you've been with them for the whole eight weeks. It right. is like you've well, been with them such a long time. It's only eight weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like I said, there's so many more out there that need my help that I'm not going to get stop with just these two. Mm-hmm. Because when I started, I promised myself. The first kitten that I adopt, I'm stopping. So that right there is also motivating me. Going. You know, it's like, yeah, you're cute, but you gotta go. <laughs> and it stops me also from um, from getting kittenitis. I've had cats my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've always been that crazy cat lady that I'll stop and I'll talk to a cat. You know, uh, and. That kitten stage, that's a tough stage to, because like I said, they're everywhere. Yes. So I get the cute part. I get like the newborn yes. baby, oh, you're cute and cuddly. And then after two pounds here, you go to your mom kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've been talking about how like as a foster parent and being part of the foster program, you are... I think we've mentioned this too, like you're not their forever home, but you are preparing them for that forever home. Yes, absolutely. Um, and again, it is this, we are part of this cycle of like, you know, one comes, you know, you're done with one, another batch comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Usually then, within yeah. a couple days. Yes, mm-hmm. or yeah. right then, as soon as you're dropping one off, you're picking <laughs> up another. I remember yeah. one time I stopped by just for vaccinations. <laughs> I thought that it was just for vaccinations and they took them to the back and said, nope, they're two pounds so i'm like okay goodbye here uh give me more Mm -hmm. there's always a need there's Mm -hmm. always a need as long as we don't fix our animals the problem's just going to continue to get worse and the need is always going to be there so without the foster parents man we couldn't do it we couldn't do it Mm -hmm. because we have like i met i think mentioned in other um spots is our intake is only 18 kennels. Moms can give birth up to nine kids. A kennel's not that big for her to stay there for a long time. And we don't want her to stay. It just causes her stress. Um, the kittens can get sick. We are a shelter environment. We do our best to keep them healthy for as long as possible. But there's always that chance of them getting sick. It's always there. And if little two-week-old babies get sick, it's really hard to push them through through that because mm-hmm. they get congested they and it's really hard it's like a baby if they can't breathe through their nose they stop eating so it's really important to get them out of here as soon as possible mm-hmm. right because i think I, we've always say this like the shelter setting is not like it's not the long most term. long it's term not, right? no. it's not even um Absolutely. it's supposed it's meant to be temporary mm-hmm. we do our best to keep our cats um comfortable here our dogs as well but we're not set up for them to live the rest of their life here Mm-hmm. yeah and I think it's good to know because I feel like when I've talked to you before you know you've always said that you know all our kittens that go out to foster always find their forever home because mm-hmm. um, you know for people who have not visited Valley Animal Center as soon as we post that kittens are available or even puppies mm-hmm. they are almost gone that day of <laughs> yeah um, and so I think that's also a you know a good thing to know as a foster parent um, 
that you know your fosters will be in mm-hmm. adopted. Right. Um, they get adopted fast. Yeah, you just dropped yours off on Monday. Yeah. Um, they became they... available yesterday, and they were gone. They were gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not always just kittens. Mm-hmm. You can foster a mama cat mm-hmm. with her kittens. And then you don't have to do anything but scoop a cat box. (laughs) I mean, that's easy peasy right there. Get an extra bathroom, Mm -hmm. you know. um, Not a problem, Mm -hmm. really. I was fortunate enough to get to foster pie and Cool Whip Mm -hmm. and cheesecake. Mm -hmm. And and I think that was the easiest litter that I ever had. Moms take, yeah, moms take care of most of the work. You just provide that, like I said, that little corner. That safe, mm-hmm. safe, safe space. space out of the shelter where there's not much going on. We don't have to constantly be moving them. So, mm-hmm. and it helps them thrive. Um, so we'll go ahead and start wrapping up. Do you two have any last words or any last um, encouragements to anyone who's thinking about fostering or even maybe those who are fostering right currently right now hey for anybody who's interested i just um want to let them know that we provide everything so of course we have only certain amount of resources but we provide everything so there if you need somewhere to keep them while they're in your house doesn't mean you have to let them you know not everybody has um that extra room or something to let them roam around. We have pop-ups that we can let people borrow. We'll provide any food you need, litter, um, uh, formula if you if you decide to do bottle babies. Even the bottles and the nipples and all that is provided to you. You just have to give your time and your love. Mm-hmm. Very much needed as well than just supplying mm-hmm. them with the basic necessities. So, yeah. The more they're handled, the quicker... Th- they get adopted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, like you said, it's not just keeping them fed, but it is socializing them, getting them used to humans, right? Getting them used mm-hmm. to the touch. Um, and then if you have kids or other pets, it's also a great opportunity to then get them used to like that kind of environment. Because um, that just will increase the chances of them doing much better and succeeding in their new forever home. Yeah. So that is it for today's podcast. I hope you had an engaging time listening to this podcast's conversation. Thank you for tuning into Behind the Tales, the Valley Animal Center podcast, where we share all things animal-related one paw at a time. Watch for future episodes of the podcast coming soon. In the meantime, you can follow us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you have suggestions on topics you'd love to hear talked about in the podcast, send your suggestions to new at valleyanimal.org. That's N-O-U at valleyanimal.org.